and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for April 5th through May 4th, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares tips and practices for supporting ourselves during this action-oriented month. Before we begin, I want to thank our beautiful community of Patreon subscribers. Your subscription helps make this show possible. If you've enjoyed our shows and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com moonwise. Hi, Susan. Happy spring, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, Dorte. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and um, I always look forward to being able to have our dialogue and our conversation. Yes, happy spring. Well, we have been through quite an interesting phase, and so I'd love to reflect with you a little bit about what we've just been through together and then look into what this coming moon cycle has in store for us. Absolutely. Yeah, I felt like... Um, it was really important for us to pay homage to the fact that we we made it through this time. And, um, uh, you know, it's interesting because I have my own experiences and I know we have our, our friends and people we touch base with and we see it in a larger social media format in terms of um, conversations and posts and so forth. Um, I have a particular uh, experience too, because in my individual practice, I see probably over 30 people a week. And so um, I just always am listening for trends or observing them as it relates to um, different different sort of cosmic and astro- astrological influence as well as everything else. And they're kind of undeniable from that point of view. And it was like, you know, every time we go through you know, whether it's a Venus retrograde or a Mercury, there's certain themes, certainly things with communication and all of that and miscommunication and people coming in our lives and things that that get unsettled or um, fall apart. But then as we put them back together, they inform us or we find something we lost or something of that nature. It can be annoying, um, you know, in that way. And there's some theme. This one felt like they were being individually custom created to push everybody's buttons. And I think some of it was, again, you know, it's not that specific, but because it was the end of the end, the absolute end of the astrology cycle, you know, the the zodiac cycle of Pisces at 29 degrees that Mercury went backwards. And then you've got, you know, Pisces being that deep water, um, subconscious, past life, deep within our psyche and Neptune just really um, enhancing all of that like a satellite dish, wanting us to evolve, wanting us to um, dilute and to understand what it is that's informing this and and, uh, dissolve a lot of this so that our faith can be stronger and we can understand our deeper and more expansive um, values that will ultimately allow us to move through our life. Um, just so much was coming in from from all directions that were not uh, ones that we anticipated or ones that were in our everyday sort of consciousness or awareness. So um, it was really, really challenging on multiple levels. And it was, it was just, so it's a lot of it was healing, mental healing, emotional, psychic, physical, just lots and lots of areas. And because of the um, elements of the water and that feeling of I can't see things clearly and I'm not sure where to guide myself. You know, the words, you know, one of the big words was I feel really lost and feel really confused in all of this. Um, 
and requiring that kind of patience. Uh, so, uh, you know, I really was seeing that a lot. And, and just even the past few days after Mercury went direct on Friday, uh, a lot of people are kind of coming in going, oh my gosh, you know, now I, I, I kind of got a sense of why my body was feeling this way, you know, or why um, I felt uncomfortable with the interactions that I was having. Like there was an intuitive knowing and yet we can have an intuitive knowing, but that doesn't mean we understand the particulars of it. They need to be revealed. So there was a lot of confirmation and a lot of, of a sense of clarity, but there was a piece of saying, I, I knew that, kind of like sometimes when we do Akashic record readings or something where we go, I knew that wisdom or I knew that that was that, that piece, but I couldn't quite put put the articulation around it or put words to it or I couldn't without this last piece of information. I needed the confirmation. And so um, I feel like a little bit more of that's going to roll out as well as just um, the exhaustion of what we've been through. Um, so I kind of liken it to the spring um, this moment when, as we're coming towards and we're in this new moon that we are really hitting the zero zero point because now we're starting the reset button for the astro year for the spring for the setting planting those seeds um, and at the same time it really reminds me of uh, you know the chick coming out of you know pecking out of the shell and just collapses or you know the the butterfly almost not getting out of and when he has to claw claw herself out to get her wingspan you know just like exhausting to birth and what it takes to get there and what it takes to be the container of that as well so if we're holding space for people that we love you know how exhausting it is to see what they're going through and know that we can't we we that what we are doing in our presence is important, but they have to do it for themselves, you know, um, or what we're doing together as a collective. So I, I don't know if you felt that on your side of the country and your end, because you curate with a lot of women's stories and, and the work that you're doing, if you also felt that that experience, um, you know, uh, of, of what I was speaking Absolutely. And I felt it personally and also with my friends and people that I see on a daily basis. And I found in particular so interesting. Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for the heads up about this phase, because it's not that it necessarily makes it easier because it was certainly it had its challenges, but just at least knowing, hey, we're all going to go through something. And then by April, um, things will change. That was really nice to know. So thank you. I found it really fascinating to notice how much water was present in my life, in my community's life, in this very specific Pisces Mercury retrograde. And I'll just share in case it helps others reflect on what might have happened for them. But my neighborhood actually flooded and the streets became rivers and we lost power and water in our taps for about a day and a half. And so it was an absolute reset. And at a certain point, my neighbors and I, we just kind of surrendered and kind of just went with the flow. We were like, okay, let's just hang out in the backyard and talk because time kind of stopped and Wi-Fi is down and there's nothing else to do but connect and kind of just see what's happening <laughs> with each other. So that was, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, and then even for me physically, I, I had some 
health challenges around lymphatic issues, which is also like that flow of water in our bodies. So I found that to be so interesting, kind of like themes of stagnation and blocks and then floods and overflowing. And um, in the end, it kind of just felt like a time of, you know, when things start to move after being um, still or stagnated for a while. And it's not the easiest when they start to move again, but at least then it's flowing. So, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I think we see that depending on where we live, whether it's, I think for us in Chicago, that happens more. There can be the flooding, but I think it's when the snow hits, like when we had the polar vortex that we all surrendered, that we can't do anything. Uh, we all felt kind of landlocked. You know, it's, it's nature is powerful. And we're so fortunate when it happens for a couple of days and we can move forward. Um, but as we know, there were places in the Great Plains that are still underwater in towns and, and really don't have supplies and access or the southeast goes through that at different points. And so, you know, this sense of we still are localized in our experience. We live locally and then at the same time understanding how we can be more um, aware of how to serve and support each other in much bigger ways. And I think we're, some of us are trying and some of us are, are, are um, you know, uh, opposing that in a governmental level. And so a lot of that's going to, you know, continue to be uh, in conversation. But as you're talking about that, even at physical body levels or for people, um, just different parts where you have to give, you know, I mean, give meaning I have to surrender. And Pisces is very much about that, about that surrender. So where we're talking literally about the waters in our bodies, or we're talking about the flooding of our emotions or our mind, um, you know, in the mental field and the thought field, all of those ways, I think we've realized we reached a breaking point. And then when we hit the breaking point, that's actually when change can really happen. Because as we talk about now with this spring, what's being pulled for us is the new the new birth that can come out of that or the awareness or how do we serve this experience without feeling the pain or the overwhelm from it so that we can create a new cycle truly and not just repeat, you know, another one. Um, so, yeah, I really want to just honor us. I wish we all like, you know, uh, what is that one on Facebook when you go, I'm safe, like, you know, marked safe. Yeah. Like I want us to all write <laughs> marked safe from Mercury retrograde <laughs> deep Pisces, like marked safe. Okay. So we, we marked ourselves safe um, as we move into, uh, to the spring. So when we think about it, you know, Aries is ruled by Mars. It is this new moon. It's a cardinal fire. Cardinal launches the seasons. It's an action oriented change facilitation. And remember the sun, new moons always mean the sun and the moon align. And so we have other signs, which will, you know, other planets that are in there too. It is a catalytic quick burst of life force that propels birth, momentum, growth, new projects, the force of nature. And so it's so interesting to me because actually um, it rules them, it rules the head but it's not really a thinker. It, you know, they're, Aries people, they're very intelligent, but they're really propelled by let's embody, let's move, let's start the new project, let's be the pioneer to the new land, let's launch, um, you know, let's act. And so it's, it's um, in that sense, there can also be an impatience, um, kind of a critical self and others, a quick wit, a harsh tongue at times. But when you think about it, in that way, like Marzian has almost like an edge to it. Like a, if we thought about a sword in that sense, it's, 
it's very, um, it, it can slice in that sense of defining and moving. So in that way, um, there can be lots of edges and courageous action. So with that in mind, in this first new moon in the Aries season, it's free, uh, finally, you know, for eight years we've had Uranus, which is unpredictable, brilliance, um, define yourself. It's been eight years of creating self and selfies and entrepreneurism and let's think outside the box and all that good stuff. But it's it creates a little bit more agitation for when we're in the Aries season. This is the first time in eight years we haven't had Uranus in Aries. So it's a little bit more... You know, it's got, an, it's got a, a freer energy to it. It doesn't have that dynamic or element. What it does have in there is a newly entry into being hosted, into hosting Chiron. And as we've talked about that, Chiron is the wound and also the remedy for the wound. Chiron um, propels us to try to create, um, to take ourselves forward in a way that we've been struggling or a way in which we feel that we need to evolve. We need to um, unknot ourselves from whether it's past lives or this life, some earlier wounds. So with Chiron coming into Aries, I think it's kind of good because it's saying, let's, you've got the tools and so you need, to, you can free yourself. Let's work on that. Let's work on the remedies to take action so that we can really, um, we, we can really you know, create that remedy for ourselves. So it's the first time Chiron's been in Aries and will be in there for eight years. And it's going to be launching us to take action on behalf of our own, in our own direction and, and what we care about and projects and so forth. So with that in mind, um, we use the tools of Mars in some ways to lance off and cut away from what's been holding us in suffering to separate or birth ourselves from an old form at the end of the end that we just worked through in that last lunation um, with what we just talked about. Um, so in this opening and celebrating of what we've emerged from the dark, I like to think about in this, in this particular time, I think it's interesting for us to be willing to own and be um, thoughtful about our light and our dark. Not looking as one being bad or good, but, you know, Aries or, or that sense of spring, you know, the light's coming and we think of it as the fire sign. And so it's that sense of, of we're so excited to be running out into the spring and, and being able to start anew. And so when we talk about that, when we think about the fire, we think about, you know, like the bigger the fire, the, what do they say, the greater the light, the greater the shadow. And so it's that sense of, um, learning from from fire and seeing within ourselves whether it's like we talked about that we learned a lot from this last like we say maybe there was a uh, an intuition about what was going on and then it got confirmed like even in the last few days and that's going to happen a little bit more as we move into the waxing moon when we illuminate more in this new moon um, but we also may see where we've been projecting or we've been in delusion, like we've been taking our old story and we've been projecting it on and living it out in, in, in a certainty that isn't really true either. And so having that courage to say, I'm not going to put myself down for it. It's just, wow, I, I, can, I, I can still um, have a little bit of, of my own um, thinking that, that um, I, I project onto something. And so with that in mind, or or elements of 
kind of in in a way um, being our own saboteur or um, whatever it might be to just say it's it's just the light and the dark is important to understand in ourselves the good and the bad when we do certain offerings particularly in in many traditions but one in the Andean traditions of despachos where we bring something into balance we bring our lives into balance um, balance has a lot to do with this time of year where we seek it and so that means we need to honor both the light and the dark and invite it to come into um, a closer understanding and reciprocity with one another and certainly with this we had that last full moon in uh, Libra and we're going to again be moving towards a, a full moon in Libra which we'll talk a little bit about in a minute but Libra and Aries are that axis point of one another so I'll Aries has that self-determination, and it's all about the self in some ways. Um, we look across the, the polar axis, and Libra is then um, saying to us, and how does it affect the other? And how, what does it mean when we self-propel? Or like if we sent the arrow out, um, where does it target? Where does it land? What does that mean? So there is that always in astrology, just like life. There is the balance of, of what we see across the aisle of the polarity and the beauty of the polarity that brings us together. So I encourage us around the month, maybe if that makes sense, to sort of track that as well, the light and the dark within us and within others, and not to demonize it or say dark is bad, just like a full moon and a new moon. The new moon is a dark. The new moon takes us into invisibility. And in the invisibility, we start gently to move, like we think literally of the crescent into the you know half moon into the full. Think about that with us too. As we're zeroing out into birth and we're starting to let our light come back, what do we notice? Because it's subtle, it's slow. You know, what do we notice when the moon changes signs every two and a half days? How does that impact us? Like all those things. So I think it's a good practice as we're zeroing out into a new cycle of life this year um, to maybe reflect on those ways. Mars is also about a physical embodiment of the journey. It's grounded and yet it's moving and finding strength. It's a yang force. So it's the wheel that moves the vehicle. It's the curiosity to discover what is on the other side of the wall and can move the wall to get there, which is kind of cool. So in some ways, to get our strength back right now um, with the spring is really important to do. This new moon asks us to look, like I said, into the dark and the light. And while we crave the fire, the energy and the light of this cosmic spring, um, it's a dawn of a new era, too. But the past few months have revealed and taken us into the underworld. So when I was thinking about that, you know me, I love these mythic stories. And so I'm always thinking about um, those elements of how they're more relevant in our contemporary um, sacred life cycle as women and as the collective feminine. And so I think about that and it shows us, um, you know, how we change about our approach towards life, what we've learned and reminded me of the story of um, Persephone and Demeter. And so when we think about that, and, and I also think about, you know, who wrote these stories. And a lot of times I think it's the male version of the story that, that you know, kind of tweaks it a little bit. So I like us to put our own authorship. When Persephone got supposedly kidnapped by Hades or, um, or Pluto into the underworld, and then she she went into fall and winter because she was the she was the you know goddess of the, the light of the harvest of the of the greenering, and so she stopped greening the earth, and that's when fall and winter happened. And when when her grief for her daughter happened, and she sent Hercules in. So whatever we might call about that, the, if we read the story as being all parts of ourselves, um, 
as as girls and as women in our lives, we are taken in, whether it's through love, whether it's through subjugation, whether it's through gaslighting, whether it's through a loss of ourselves, when we get taken into the underworld, um, we have to rediscover who we are. And then we're on the other side of that, you know, of what we love and that we grieve and we can't control because it's been taken from us. Um, so in that story, when she, right before um, Persephone comes out back into the light, comes back into returning to her mother, it says that, you know, that Hades or Pluto puts those pomegranates into her mouth to uh, fertilize her. So she is not the same. But I think of it as the time of menarche or the time when we mature and we come into our own um, creatrix. And so as we return out of the dark into the light, we are forever changed. And as we reunion, whether it's with the mother, whether it's with our connection to our um, matriarchal story or our lineage or our life back in up into the light. So if we think about the last few months, for example, is this journey into the underworld of the winter and what, what happened for us, and we come out forever changed, we can be whole unto ourselves and be individuated, but we can love from the place of individuation. And that, that mother energy can also appreciate that our daughters are women now. So however you relate to that story, whether it's mother-daughter, whether it's receptive and intuitive and action and young, whatever we feel about um, how we self-liberated as opposed to thinking that something outside of us liberated us, or a facilitated, maybe it was our our healers and our, our you know our village that helped us through that. You know, whatever whatever we use as parts of the story, I think as we come into the light of the spring, it's really important that we um, take that story and we understand that as we move into the dark and the love and the whether it's codependency, the submission, the grief, the powerlessness, the need to individuate, to be fertilized, not just in that literal sense, but in the metaphoric sense that now I truly believe something new wants to be birthed from that within our being, whether it's for the collective, for ourselves, in our lives. And we need to understand it might not be something that we anticipated. Just like, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've had this experience, but I used to have a garden. I don't have a, currently have a garden, but I used to. And I would see like some kind of fl flower would come up in the spring that, that no seed was planted for. It was like, how did you get here? Where did you come from? It was just like, it's so miraculous and beautiful how nature will just surprise us. And so we, you know, when we've got nature around us, we can literally see it through the flowers. But it's, we're, we're earth and we flower too. So I want us to all, as we move through this new moon in Aries and we start to get our light back, to say something new is coming through, whether it's a desire to learn something new, to find that we have a new gift, to um, to bring something new. You know, I don't know what it is. I want us to sort of, maybe we'll do a prompt on our, on the, on, on the uh, you know, Facebook um, group to say, what are you discovering that is coming through for you on some level? But make space for it, you know, for sure. And really keep noticing that there's a spontaneity to that. And I truly believe that, um, it's going to be something that has to do with our calling. It's going to be something that has to do with purpose because we've got this, you know, the Pluto and Saturn, we've been talking a lot about that and Capricorn creating a new platform for ourselves. And so it's, it, it has something that's meaningful and purposeful. So while, um, 
I'm not putting, you know, kind of a damper on this Aries sort of go out and have fun and enjoy that we can be out in the sun and the light and, and the renewed energy. But I'm just saying notice that there is, I believe, a little bit of a, um, you know, a kind of a, a treasure hunt or something that's telling us that we, most of us is saying, what is our next step and what is our, you know, what's our purpose, our calling. And I think it's going to be connected to that. I, I really do. And so these energies are asking us to be a little bit deliberate, asking us to own our story, our destiny, our integrity to evolve. With Chiron in there, it's purposeful and with these other energies as well. So, um, we have, like I said, the new moon is on that, and the fifth in Aries. Venus is still in Pisces, so it's still working out the lessons of Mercury retrograde, but in a beautiful way. And, you know, Mercury's still in there, too. Um, but right after that, so on the 17th of uh, April, Mercury finally gets out of Pisces and moves into Aries. So we really get that shift out of water. And, you know, Mercury has to do with communicating informing. It's got logic to it, and um, it wants to share. So that's really going to feel good when it finally gets out and can join that fire. It, it really feels like we can um, we, we have more movement and more momentum in that way. Um, on the 19th, Jupiter goes retrograde. Jupiter's in Sagittarius, so it's going to review our story. It's going to review for us and help us to understand um, uh, this year, what we have been, what's been expanding for us. But any, the, the retrograde planets that are going to be happening in April are really more, they're outer planets, so they reflect, they're all for all of us, and they're really more over a season, not over a few weeks, a couple seasons. So remember that saying, what we plant in spring, we harvest in the fall. So I really feel we're going to see in the fall the impact of um, what starts to move forward with these retrograde planets, which I'll, I'll get to with our timeline in a moment. But on the 20th is another kind of like um, consolidated, like, you know, little nugget here of shifts cosmically. Um, so on the 20th, Venus moves into Aries. So again, more of that, let's, um, let's move forward and let's take action. We, on the 21st, we have Easter, and moving back onto the 19th, I'm sorry, we have a, the full moon at 29 Libra. So again, we have Jupiter goes retrograde, and the full moon hits that 29 degree of Libra. So we're clearer now on um, relationships. We're clearer on a sense of rhythm in our lives, and we're also, like I said, we're clear about that sense of how our self impacts our our relationships as well, and how it reflects back our relationships with others. So just like that zero degree of Libra, the last full moon, where we were going, you know, full moons reach things into climax and fullness, but at the same time, we weren't quite sure what that was about. Um, if you reflect on the month, lunation to lunation, full moon to full moon, um, I think you're going to get some information on um, what we need to feel like we create balance and justice and um, beauty and um, diplomacy in our lives, like how we can be influencers in that way. And remember, it's ruled by Venus um, in that sense. So again, um, as we move forward after the 20th, as I say, the 21st is Easter, the 22nd is Earth Day, Passover's in there. Um, and so we remember those stories about um, liberating out of 
whether it's enslavement, so what's been enslaving either within us or around us, um, what is the miracle of life, what is, if we talk about resurrection really at that higher level, how does it feel to um, come out of what might feel a struggle into an understanding of ease and a greater understanding of life from a more holistic way? You know, so however you relate to those stories, it might be a historical story. It's not really, you know, what it means to everyone. I wouldn't judge it at all. Some people like the, the ritual of coming to family and having those those original stories, and some feel like they need to put um, a different voice to those, or they don't speak to them at all. But I think in spring, one of the symbols that are really true for all of us are the egg, right? So the the experience of um, new life and the experience of potential in that sense and what that means in in our lives. So um, that's all happening within a few days of that full moon. Um, right after that, we have uh, Pluto on the 24th goes retrograde in Capricorn with the south node. Remember, south node is a release and um, transforming something in a new way. It's very karmic. And on the 29th, a few days later, Saturn goes retrograde in Capricorn, again with the south node there. So I, again, I think the impacts, like I said, is that it's asking us to be more, a little bit more strategic in um, the movement and the momentum of the spring. So we're really, this is a season of a lot of fire and earth. So we think about the first chakra, which is the earth, because all of this can't happen without the earth, the growth and the momentum and feeling the earth beneath our feet, feeling embodied. Um, the, the, so the earth body within us and around us. And then the third chakra has to do with empowerment, holding ourselves up, the fire, the fire within us and the fire around us. So um, I feel that this is about grounding by moving to the beat of our core, our power. And it's important to harness and channel the struggle into the strength. It's like the boot camp that we've just been through is now going to give us the strength to declare our individual nature, something that we feel that demonstrates our uniqueness that's solely ours. That's Aries, you know, very much, is that we need to, um, you know, bring forth ourself. It's for sure a time of new beginnings. It's a time of invigoration. It's really that reset. To be sure, it's going to feel really good as, as this new moon continues to build. Um, we're going to feel more and more of that. Um, and so I also think about, you know, when we, when we birth ourselves, um, you know, there's a rewilding. So we always think of that in the spring, right? Like Artemis, the rewilding of coming out into the spring with that freedom to move, to howl with the moon, to have the silver wolves around us, to be free, to be a protectress, and to be totally in our realm as nature. And yet, because of these retrograde Earth signs and power signs, you know, with Earth, with Pluto and with Saturn, um, and remember I said Aries ruling the head? So what's interesting with that is like, okay, thinking about birth, what births, what birthed from the head? Athena. So Athena birthed out of Zeus's head, um, and so, and she birthed with the owl, and she birthed with a, you know, with a, uh, you know, a sword, and it's so she really speaks about coming in, all fully packed to be um, a strategic warrior. It's not like she likes to go to war, but she really knows how to do it, 
and she knows how to lead. She knows how to have strategic wisdom. So I, again, what I'm saying is uh, while this spring is going to be really awesome, it's also a spring to, um, as I said, be purposeful in that way. Athena is about harnessing that maturation of the wild nature into wisdom with the owl for guidance, as I talked about. And so for anybody like that's more entrepreneurial or starting new projects or needs to guide herself, I just say, you know, man, Pallas Athena is in there saying, just keep going, keep walking to this full moon, keep believing in yourself, keep authenticating who you are, and you will really start to come into that sense of um, owning your power and owning your vision and um, all those kinds of things. Thank you so much, Susan. And I love that you bring the goddesses and the stories into this. I, I'm i starting to think of you as a goddess astrologer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that may be, you know, they they're definitely have me by uh, talk about surrender. Um, yeah, they, they, I, I like it because I believe that's all inside of us. I don't believe that's outside of us. I just think they're more particularly potent stories that then we can see an element of ourselves in. That's really all. They're just um, projecting like holographs of us that we can then see how is that speak to an element of ourselves and then allowing ourselves obviously to, to see what that, that means, you know, in, in that unique way for us. I loved what you said about embodying the vision instead of just kind of thinking about a vision or a goal, but actually embodying it. And it sounds simple, but in practice, it's actually really, I guess, the only way to achieve those goals. And um, for me personally, I've started a new like physical practice every morning. And so instead of thinking about how I want to feel strong or feel good in my body, I'm just actually doing it every day. So <laughs> I encourage everyone out there who has something like that to just start doing it. I completely agree with you. I think, um, I, you know, we always talk about this at the time of year. I think last time when we did Aries New Moon, we talked about creating vision bowls instead of vision boards so that we could allow that notion of the womb or filling ourselves uh, in something that then catalyzes um, a creative energy. And I think if we, it's and it's wonderful to do the vision boards, but I I know sometimes we gaze at them to inspire us. And I would say if I would rather, it just as an invitation, maybe just pick a couple of images and then let them inspire us to embody them every day to like say, like you said, so that there's a sense of relationship to bringing that through the body and then carrying it out to achieve um, what we might say is a goal. I, I love the process. You know, it's a process, not the outcome, because the outcome can make us feel like success and failure and all that stuff. But I think if we get away from some of those judgments and qualifiers, I do think that this new moon is is really asking of us to achieve a goal. So let's make it an achievable goal so we feel like we really can meet those. And like you say, if it's about showing up to that body practice or what it might be every day, we've already feel like we're, we're making, you know, it's, it's easy, it's, but it requires the daily practice. And, and while that's very Virgo, it's also in that airy sense, it's saying, you know, with all of this, let's, let's continue because it creates some motion and momentum, and then it gathers some, you know, some energy to it, which allows something to move forward and, and really happen you know, it's dancing with that energy. And so I think in some of the practices also with that embodiment, um, I was thinking about that 
if we if we also study fire a little bit, like light a candle and watch that when does the fire blow out? But in most times, it's only because we're if we're not aware of like, you know, when we're aware of the wind or we're aware of of the of the air around it, um, we're aware of when we need to light that candle or preserve it or keep it under glass. But but the candle dances. You know, the candle isn't stagnant. The candle moves. But the candle also, so it has a rhythm. It has a dynamic quality if we're looking at fire, um, and yet it also has a sustenance to it. Like it will burn the wood down, it will burn the candle wax down. So that relationship to don't let it. We have to hone it so it doesn't burn us out. But it's got a great, beautiful, dynamic energy. So if we learn the dance of life, the dance of the movement, the dance of the of of Aries in our life it will really reinvigorate us in this very important way in our in our core you know in our in that sense of what it means to be empowered you know within ourselves and to confront um, that the, the challenges and really feel that we want to take them on you know the bravery the courage um, the other part of, of fire is also light and so in our highest nature if we also do a practice where we kind of take the light of spring, and breathe it in and imagine that it's moving into every cell and it's awakening. Think about in every cell, there's that DNA of the code of our light, the DNA of the code of our calling or of our highest ability. And then just let that start to aerate through us, whatever that might mean, so that our codes of light of who we really are at a higher soul level are also being activated. A little more esoteric, but I think it's a really powerful way with the with what is the hybrid or the original seed around us that we're preserving, and also what have we protected inside of us that it's time to bring forth. You know, I think that it's a really powerful time um, to get aligned, to find balance, to center, um, so when you talked about that physical practice, I think things like martial arts, ballet, acro yoga, you know, something that is moving in collaboration with mind and body. And I also feel like, you know, also doing if we did a creative project that um, clay or, or pottery would be really wonderful because we're working with our hands, we're working with the earth, we need a little bit of water because it dries out. If we bake it, we bake it with fire. Um, you know, and, and that movement is the air. So we've got all four elements when we're working with pottery um, and building pots. So I think if there was some, and it's primal, it's simple. Don't get like, can't get super fancy with it. Um, and so that's kind of fun and we can imbue symbols in it, you know, so it's really kind of a, a cool practice for spring um, in paying attention to those themes. Well, you don't have to tell me twice to play with clay and, and making things. Yes, you've got those beautiful, um, those pots you're doing with, with those faces on them. It's a nice way to like, to really tap into the idea of creativity as play and really like actually manifesting things on a very small scale, just thinking it up. And then here you can actually physically make it in just a few minutes. And it's like a nice way to kind of reset the creative impulse and remind yourself that you are a creative power. Yeah, um, I, I love that because I do feel with Aries and then with, you know, um, the, these different energies that are that are moving us right now, writing might feel a little too slow. If writing feels a little slow for you right now, don't just just let it go and find a different way to honor the movement that you want to express. And it might just it, or it might be that you're kind of, um, you know, just uh, 
put uh, your, you know, the notes on your phone or something where you're, you are documenting what you're, what you're thinking, but it might just be that the writing right now might feel like it, it's just holding you hostage almost because you want to get moving. So uh, I wanted to just kind of invite us with a couple of prompts for some, uh, I just said, don't write. Now I'm inviting you to, to write with the prompts. So don't listen to me. <laughs> um, but um, uh, regarding uh, maybe just as we start this this new moon, um, and think about uh, what feeds our fire. What gives you life? I love that saying, you know, sometimes I'll write, someone will put a post up and, and I just, it inspires me and I'll go, that gave me life today. You know, what gives you life? Um, what drains you? What sucks your life force? What inhibits your growth? Really pay attention to this because it's in our hands. To Sometimes it's the attitude that we change that changes everything, right? So even if we're not complete with that or we have to face that every day, we can change our attitude around it, which can really make a big difference. Um, what, you know, what do we need to take ownership of? Um, in order to make those changes, whether it's attitude or it's inaction. Um, like I said, that light of the dark, owning what we've been through, owning who we are, and um, what is worth, in a way, fighting for, holding on to that sacred flame of entrustment, you know, anything of that nature. What have we learned from what we've been through? Or what has become clearer from the past few months? And um, to really make a pact to not let something create suffering or pain for us so that we can say what is what is in, what is it asking of us and how we can hold it differently and how we can approach it differently so that we don't feel that we're enslaved to something that we do feel that there are some personal freedoms um, that we can institute an impact and that we can have that activism for our own true nature as well and truly, once again, to trust our intuition, trust our emotional intelligence, really, really important. We, again, might know, not know how to interpret it, but we need to trust the truth of its existence. We can add some of those to our Facebook group for people to have a chance to respond if you want to share with the community. And you can find that Facebook group by going to search uh, Moonwise Sisterhood in Facebook and then answer a few questions and you'll be in the group. Um, the other reminder I would just say is uh, a lot more of us, I think, are looking to Astro Cafe or whatever it might be to just put the daytime place and you can get your own natal chart. And once you do that, you can start to look to the glyphs and see, for example, where is Aries in my chart? That's going to make it even more honed in and more personal for you. Where's Libra in my chart, where the full moon is? And then remembering, I'll keep track, you're going to hear it ad nauseum, that you know so much is going on on the foundation of ourselves through Capricorn, because that's where Saturn's going to go retrograde, and Pluto's going retrograde, and it's all getting restructured. So, And those are all cardinal signs, cardinal fire, cardinal air, cardinal earth. So just be aware. And then, you know, cardinal as we go into summer is cancer. So just start to look into your own chart. It's simple and free to get one and just play with it. More people are doing that. And um, I, I think it's important to uh, not overload yourselves. 
but at the same time, I know um, many have become more and more, you know, curious about our own personal charts. So I say go ahead and and absolutely do that. You know, try again, like I say, not to overload it. But when you know that all this action is happening in Aries and what house it's in for you, um, I think it really lets us become more collaborative. So that's just another encouragement in that sense. So I wish everybody a beautiful new moon of growth, of um, self-discovery, of purposeful inquiry, and enjoy um, this spring season uh, in, in all ways that one can. Thank you so much, Susan. And for those who want to find out more about your work or book a session with you, where can we find you? Thank you so much. If you follow me on Facebook, everydaymedicinewoman.com, I do posts um, for astrology and different different kinds of um, interesting articles that I think we might enjoy and that sort of thing. I love hearing, you know, seeing everybody's little posts and likes and all of that. I, I just love seeing your faces. Um, and Instagram, it's Susan Lipschutz. And um, uh, my website is Everyday Medicine Woman. And if you want to write to me, it's Susan at Everyday Medicine Woman. I do Skype as well as um, uh, if you're locally in Chicago, we do it in person. But I do also provide consultations for um, a kind of a combination of astrology and um, Akashic records and in that integrative um, kind of support for evolution and uh, self-understanding. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you, Dorothy, and thank you for all the work you do for curating this beautiful site and all of the um, podcasts that you offer with the beautiful interviews and these incredibly inspiring women. I, it, it's extraordinary, and so just encourage everybody this the the to support you on Patreon and to um, utilize your remedies and also support all the women that you bring on and uh, let the teaching that they offer. It's it's really a beautiful platform. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. And if you haven't heard the recent Moonwise episode about coming home to our bodies, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I speak with healer and womb specialist Jeevan Singh about self-love and embodiment. We talk about how to work with our nervous systems for greater health and dive into the science behind our fight and flight responses. We discuss the importance of working with the gifts of our animal bodies and how we can build trust with ourselves after trauma and pain. At the end of our conversation, Jeevan shares her favorite embodiment tools and leads a beautiful mindfulness exercise for personal and collective healing. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, available on Bandcamp. See you next time. Oh.